Have you been told you need to stop doing what you love, whether it's exercise, running, or a sport? Well, here at Dynamic, we don't like that answer. In this podcast, we'll talk to leaders in the health and wellness space from Southwest Florida to get the solutions you need to get you back to doing what you love. Welcome to the Dynamic Naples podcast. What's going on, Southwest Florida? Dr. Chris here. I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Heather Anderson. Heather, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Very good. So Heather is a master Reiki practitioner. Do I have that correct? That's what it's called? Yep. Great. Uh, so um, let's start off with first, well, tell us about Reiki. Uh, you know, I've never actually done Reiki myself. I'm very interested in trying it. But how would you describe the practice? Okay, I love this question and I can talk about it forever. So <laughs> um, initially, I'll start off by saying that on a very basic level, Reiki is um, a practice that originated in Japan to be incredibly good at stress reduction. So it is something that is called energy work. And a lot of times we focus on medicine for our body. We even focus on mental health. But our energy field is science is starting to catch up with this idea that we do transmit brain waves and, and sound waves and light waves are easy for us to understand right now a little bit more. A lot of people like to label Reiki as very woo-woo, but I just, which I love, you know, that's fun sometimes. <laughs> um, but I like to just say that humans are more sensitive instruments than any scientific instrument that we have. So when you walk into a room and you say, ooh, this is a weird vibe, something is tense or something like that, uh, then you don't, and you don't know why, you don't know with your physical senses what's going on there. Um, really what you're doing is you're reading the energy of the room. And so we all on some level are able to pick up on the energy that we exchange between each other. And Reiki is a way to kind of treat that energy field with a vibration of pure love is kind of the way that I define it. Um, another way to look at it is that it kind of activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So your body can stop being in that fight or flight response that can be very stressful. And when you do that, your body literally starts healing itself, which we already know. When we get a scratch, our body goes to work making a Band-Aid and trying to take care of us. And when we are in that regulated uh, nervous state, then we are also able to have other types of healings like emotional healings or um, energy healings on what some people would call a soul level. Good. Yeah, I love that. I love that you talked about the parasympathetic nervous system too, because that's something I frequently talk about is how we're all in constant go, go, go mode. We're all good at getting stimulated with coffee and exercise and just, you know, there's no turning things off. Well, I, I think some people have tapped into that, but I think that's uh, usually the part that goes missing a lot. Um, yeah, I always say stress plus recovery equals adaptation. That, you know, in other words, if you want to work out, get stronger, you want that adaptation everyone kind of forgets about that recovery aspect, which is basically that parasympathetic mode. And uh, I think we've, as a species, kind of forgotten how to do that. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a huge part of this idea that our bodies are self-healing and, and something that I really 
um, call upon when I practice Reiki myself is, is that we are in this engaged state of fight or flight. But a lot of times the reason why we don't get into that relaxed state of being is because we have these beliefs that no longer serve us. So what I am able to do when I pick up, um, when I pick up on the energy and everybody practices Reiki different, I just so happen to be extremely sensitive to the energy, which was really tough before I knew how to handle that. Um, as an empath and everything it was really hard for me, but now it's kind of my superpower and I'm able to even pick up on the limiting beliefs that people are um, having in their energy field that they might even have passed down from generation to generation that may have served them at one point, but just no longer do. And it sounds kind of, um, again, it sounds really woo-woo, but if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. If you have a limiting belief that your worth is tied to your productivity, like so many of us have experienced reinforced in our culture at large, much less our school system and our family systems, then you're gonna get into a place where you start overworking yourself to try to prove that worthiness. And let's say your job involves lifting heavy things and you're overworking yourselves. Well, all of a sudden you have this physical manifestation of an elbow issue or a shoulder issue because you're overworking them. So Reiki is one of the great ways to not just treat the actual physical symptoms of the elbow or the shoulder pain, but also to release that belief underneath that is causing you to keep putting your body through that type of stress. So when people um, have Reiki sessions, everybody has a different response. And some people don't necessarily feel the energy, which doesn't mean it's not working. Um, but some people can see colors or have images come up or feel like zings of energy. And on a very base level, everybody always says that it is just incredibly relaxing. Very cool. Yeah, I had a bit of experience recently. Have you heard of like Wim Hof, like Wim Hof breathing? Love them. Yeah, I uh, did a session with one of his practitioners and, uh, you know, we, we spent maybe two hours just like doing this style of breathing and I had my eyes closed and I, I started to see this like yellow sun. It was really interesting out of nowhere. And I, I was like, what is that? Uh, and people are like, oh, that's the third eye. I was like, oh, that's what that means. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still I'm like just tapping into the spiritual world personally. So uh, a lot of this stuff is brand new to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we all are. Um, there's a lot of ways that different religions and different cultures have villainized these really amazing experiences. And I love that science is now catching up with what really happens um, when our heart and our mind is in coherence. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've heard of him, but I don't know much about him. He does a lot of research and a lot of groups in his um, workshops where he gets people meditating and, and kind of breathing together and he measures those things and he calls it the heart-mind coherence. Uh -huh. And when we're able to do that, amazing things happen. And this is another element of Reiki. Um, I always say that it's not my energy that I'm putting into somebody else's energy field because I've had people say, Heather, you're really great, but you're just a person. And <laughs> I don't necessarily want your energy all up in my business. And I'm like, that makes sense. Like I totally understand. Um, but it's kind of like I transfer or transmute that energy. I can literally, for me, I can feel it passing through me. And then I focus it with loving attention on specific areas of the body. And anytime two people are together 
or more groups of people are together and they're trying to practice that vibration of love and hold that focus and that attention, it's going to be a really healing experience for everybody involved. So I think there's so much that we can access within our um, within our third eye, or some people like to call the pineal gland, is where those types of things are kind of um, held, or even imagination. Like the imagination doesn't get enough credit for what it's able to do, but everything that was existing that exists now was literally imagined before it ever happened. So it is an incredibly powerful tool that humans have the ability to access and tapping into this, um, into Reiki and energy work. And Wim Hof breathing is amazing. And it's surprising to me how much I, when I practice that type of breathing, I have such a resistance to it, even though I know it feels so good uh -huh. to feel like my cells are electrically charged and just breathing each and every one of them, you know? Um, so there is some resistance that I experience sometimes too, but I think it's a really beautiful thing when we really open up our bodies and see what they're capable of. That's interesting. Uh, in what way do you feel resistance? Is it physical or is it sort of mental or are you able to describe that? It's mental. It's almost like, it's, it's almost like the working out thing. Like, you know, it's going to be better for you and healthier for you, but we have these layers of conditioning and limiting beliefs that kind of keep us from doing that sometimes. And so um, the pathways that I found through that is just to be really nurturing and reassuring and really self-compassionate and say, I know you don't want to do this right now, but ultimately this is going to lead to a lot of healing. So we're going to do it. It's like you have to parent yourself, you know, <laughs> yeah. in a yeah. way. Nice. Well, so I'm dying to hear some of your backstory. So it sounds like you've always had this like skill or superpower, but it wasn't always a superpower. So Tell us maybe when you first noticed this and like what kind of struggles it caused. Wow. That's a good question. Okay. So I would say <clears throat> I definitely was not in awareness of what I was capable of. And I do think that everybody is capable of expressing their unique energy in a way that is really powerful. Um, so especially when I have clients come and they're laying on the table, I like to think of them as having a divine connection themselves. So I have a divine connection, they have a divine connection, and it really breeds a lot of respect for each other in my sessions. Um, but I was definitely labeled as overdramatic, emotionally sensitive, kind of bossy, and I really did not have any context to put in my emotional sensitivity except for this is bad. Um, because my family is wonderful, but they did not have the training of how to emotionally regulate whatsoever. So um, growing up in that is kind of a painful thing when um, you do feel so strongly. And when I say feel, I mean, I feel the physical pain of other people and being in crowds, I pick up on their energy. Driving in traffic, I have to put up energetic boundaries around myself because I can feel the energy of everybody around me. Um, and so even when I was, uh, I was actually a teacher for 10 years, I taught middle school and high school English, and I love teaching and I love my students, but having teenagers file in and out of your room every day and being able to feel all of their big emotions can be a really tough thing to kind of go through. Um, so basically with me, what happened was <clears throat> I 
experienced sort of a, a transformation of my life, a whole 180, where I had to, in order to be healthy and have mental health, I had to kind of leave a lot of very key relationships. So I had a divorce. Um, there was a lot of uh, friendships and entire communities that I no longer could find um, just a loving, having a loving relationship with. There was a lot of just toxicity in my life because I had not been accepting of who I was. I had just been told, you know, or believed the idea that, you know, you're bad, your emotions are bad, keep it quiet, shove it down. And of course you can't do that. It always is going to come out. Um, so basically I was going on a journey where I was learning to come back to myself. And one of the things I did was go to a Reiki practitioner to kind of come back to my body and stop desensitizing to the things that I was feeling so that I could do that parenting, that reparenting of nurturing and having compassion for myself and what I felt and self-validating. Um, it didn't take long and I don't remember even making the decision. It was just kind of like, I'm going to get Reiki certified. By that weekend, I had called somebody and gotten um, attuned to Reiki and there's three levels of Reiki. So I did that and I was also able to become a Reiki master teacher as well. So I can attune other people to Reiki. And once that started happening and I was able to kind of get in touch with the more subtler energies, that's when I truly realized how much power we have in manipulating the energy around us. So I've heard the term that emotions are energy in motion. We're never meant to recirculate them and identify with them and hold on to them. They are meant to be felt and released so that we can move through them and move past them. So now I'm able to own the emotions I have as my superpower and then also help other people um, transfer their emotions as well and go through that process in a really safe and compassionate atmosphere. Yeah, that's interesting. As your skill has sort of honed in, as you said, like, well, how has it changed? Like, first of all, are you able to turn it on and off or is it just always on? Let's start with that. So the one of the very first things I learned when I started practicing with energy work is you can put up energetic boundaries more easily than physical boundaries, because a lot of times people have opinions about the boundaries you set with them and, and they can have big emotions and that can be tough because you don't want to make people mad, but then it's not your responsibility to manage other people's emotions, you know. Um, but if you put up energetic boundaries, it's a lot easier because there's a lot less physical resistance. So um, once I started realizing that I could, some people call it like a Reiki bubble, you put like a Reiki bubble around you of protection in the morning or before you go into traffic or, or what have you. And, you know, you start kind of developing this dictionary almost where certain mean, certain things or certain feelings mean certain things. So um, when I say I can open up my energy field, that's something that I can feel like a physical energetic opening. And when I close it and I bring it in close, that's something I can do as well. And I really was able to pick up on more sensitive, subtler energies when I realized that I could kind of close down whenever I needed to and not necessarily, it wasn't my obligation to manage the emotions of people around me. It was really important. Gotcha. Let me ask, does it have to be in person? Like, are you able to kind of pick up a vibe like, like this, like through Zoom? 
Absolutely. So a lot of my Reiki sessions are distance sessions. Mm -hmm. And I would say they're not better or worse. They're just different. Mm -hmm. One of the things that's great about that is you can be in your own home and you can find a comfortable space in your own place. And so it's just a little bit different of an experience, but energy does not know time or space like we think of in our physical reality. Um, so Reiki can, once you get attuned to level two Reiki, you can start doing it over a distance. That's so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so fun. how did you find Reiki? Like what, what made you decide you want to try it in the first place? I know you went through some hardships, but did someone point you in a direction or did you meet somebody who had done? Yeah, I I actually um, was working with a therapist, uh, a cognitive behavioral therapist who really understood the mental health impact of somatic, you know, expression. And um, she had a lot of, I'm happy to say that I was able to go to Lifescape, which is in Southwest Florida. And I highly recommend them because they are just all about self-empowerment and, and truly they have amazing programs there. Um, and so she, my therapist was able to recommend Reiki because she could tell that I was an empath and I was suffering, taking on a lot of different people's emotions. And so she kind of got me started on that journey. Gotcha. Um, speaking of, do you have any advice for maybe up and coming empaths that don't know their empaths yet? Like how, how could you recognize, or is it very clear maybe um, that you have this skill, but you, you know, that maybe this is something that you can hone. Yes. That's such a beautiful question. I think on some level we're all emotional beings, right? It's just that some people have that um, compulsion to identify as more analytical or logical and I don't want to discount those people. I was attuned to Reiki by one person who was very woo-woo and feelingsy, and she was even a psychic who communicates with dolphins and just totally, you know, took the red pill. And then I also got certified by somebody who is an engineer. Um, he was uh, very analytical, logical-minded. He doesn't feel a single thing when he gives or receives Reiki. Um, but he noticed that it was working because he, his son, his infant son had had chronic disease and he could see the impact. So um, it doesn't matter if you're an empath or not, Reiki still works for everybody. However, if you're an empath, you probably are feeling like your emotions are too much. I would say that's the biggest indicator. If you feel like you're too much because of your emotions, there's probably a journey <laughs> that you can go on that really shows you that your ability to feel so much, A, can be controlled. Emotions don't have to be used against you. It doesn't have to be something that you fear. And B is actually something that can be your superpower because the sensitivities, the subtleties, the subtleties that I pick up on are kind of you know, I was able actually to start practicing as a psychic because of how much I was able to pick up on. Um, and I know there's a lot of like people have a lot of meaning around the word psychic. I just mean I'm able to pick up things in people's energy field that are really, really specific. It's less that spiritual side of being a psychic and more of, um, you know, one time I was, uh, <clears throat> we do a scan of people's energies when we do Reiki and it helps us know which areas to focus on. And one time I was like, um, are you getting a Jeep, a yellow Jeep? Because I'm seeing this, this yellow Jeep pop into my head. 
And they're like, um, I just test drove Jeeps last week and I didn't tell anybody. And I don't know how you knew that. And I'm like, me neither. I have no idea how I know that. But um, it's pretty cool what we as humans can do when we don't have the fear. That's so cool. Uh, and so like super specific. Um, so so yeah. you, you were just like getting a vision of a Jeep that just kept popping into your head? It was that imagination. So sometimes when I'm reading the energy, I'll just be thinking like, to do to do and then all of a sudden i'll get like a uh, an image of a jeep flash in my head and it doesn't match anything else in my brain and so it's really scary to say that out loud because you are afraid people are going to think that you're crazy <laughs> but i got over that fear really quick because truthfully when people start noticing that they're seen and heard by something bigger than themselves there's some true transformation that can go on in those um sessions and so that's what it's almost like, I know people are going to have opinions about this. Um, I know that it might rub people the wrong way and they might think I'm crazy. But at the end of the day, when I'm working with another person and I'm seeing them physically transform in front of me, there's nothing like that. So it's no doubt that that's where I'm meant to be. Um, how do you scan? It kind of looks like you're doing something with your hands. Yes. So one of, at the beginning of every session, I take my um, non-dominant hand and I will kind of run it um, from the crown through the midline of the body. And um, basically it feels different to different people, but I will say sometimes your energy pulls and sometimes what I say is it's quiet. So I will give more attention to those areas that pull. And usually when I'm talking with the client, they're like, yeah, I'm having some shoulder pain in that area. And I'm like, okay, we're, that's where the energy is pulling. So I'll spend more time there. Um, I always give a full session where I'm touching every um, point. There's like a, a whole body map that I follow. Um, but yeah, the biosyn scan, it's called a biosyn scan. And it just helps me know where to go. Do you find that you have to concentrate when doing it? Or is it kind of just the opposite? Do you just let go or, or something in between? Well, this is one of the reasons why I love my job so much is because I'm sitting in these sessions for an hour or an hour and a half, and it's really like I'm going into a meditative process. So it's almost like I'm meditating and I do feel things in their energy. And then if my mind wanders, which occasionally it does, the Reiki is still on and working and everything. So that's okay too. So it's really just um, a comfortable, relaxing situation for both of us, actually. Yeah, yeah. Walk me through what a session would look like. Yeah, of course. So I, for me specifically, the way I practice, I like to start my sessions by, since we are all self-healers, I like to ask my clients what they, what's a phrase or an affirmation, some type of a centering thought that they need to hear that day for where they are to heal. Um, because I also really value self-empowerment. So I'm not necessarily trying to tell somebody how they feel or what's going to happen to them or anything like that. Um, it really is kind of this co-creation between me and my client. So I start with that centering thought and that affirmation, and then I have them lay on a really comfy table. And I initiate the session by just kind of doing, it's interesting, energy work is not physical. It's this invisible thing. So having these rituals that are physical just helps me to make sense of things. So I'll do a little ritual like prayer hands to the forehead and um, 
an intention of appreciation for the time that I get to spend with this person. Um, there are symbols once you get attuned to level two and level three. There are kind of symbols that you can either draw in the air or just in your own mind, if you think of them, that's meant to initiate the Reiki energy to begin. And then um, for me, I like to get in people's aura first and kind of read their aura and see what, what color that is. People usually uh, really enjoy that part of it. And then I do the scan from the top of the head through the midline of the body. And we discuss, and then from there, I start hitting key points. It's kind of like um, either hovering or light touching in certain areas. Uh, so I'll start with the top of the head and move down to the back of the neck and the shoulders, all the way down to the feet and um, touch some key areas and hover over others. And then afterwards, um, again, I just have some closing ritualistic type of movements that I do. And then we go over what they felt. If there was anything else that came up for me in the session, we talk about that as well. Very cool. Um, you mentioned colors, like people that like, give off a color in their aura. <laughs> they do. That's so, that's so interesting. Um, is there significance to the color? Yeah. So I use, and, and I think it's, people can interpret this differently, right? But I use the chakra system because I, it's another language and, and everything, but it's something that's been developed for thousands of years. So it's like, why not go with that? And it's another way to organize this energy work that's really hard for a physical being to understand. So even in Western world, we understand you have a head, you have a voice, you have a heart, you have a gut, right? So they're just different words that label those things. And there are certain colors that have the same vibrational frequency as those different areas in your body. Oh. So if, for example, I have somebody and they have an orange aura, then I know there's some creative energy going on. I equate it to the sacral chakra, which is around the belly button, a little under the belly button. And I know that that's kind of means life and creativity. And so from there, I'll kind of interpret it in a way that makes sense for me and the client. Gotcha. Cool. Um, let me ask you, before you kind of discover Reiki with your, I guess we're calling them powers, um, did you ever have any physical like issues, physical manifestations or pain? Well, that, that you could attribute to that. Um, so you're asking, did I have any physical pain once I was able to do Reiki or before, before. that I was um, I would say that a lot of my healing and, and in my work, what I focus on is that emotional component mm -hmm. that has been more healing to me than anything else. Um, but there are times where, like, for example, if I get a burn, there was one time when I got a burn and I was able to give myself Reiki and it was able to significantly reduce the healing time. So it's not uh, necessarily something that always happens right away. Um, but it definitely reduces symptoms. Um, also, I will do Reiki symbols over medicine and it keeps me from, because Reiki can be used in conjunction with Western medicine. It doesn't negate anything, um, but it helps when I use it with medicine to kind of reduce those negative side effects. So in any medicine I've ever taken, I've never had any um, negative side effects since I've been attuned to Reiki and started practicing that. Um, there were significant lower back issues that I had before 
Reiki. And generally speaking, I'm a pretty healthy person. Um, but when I do get those minor aches and pains, um, giving Reiki to it kind of reduces the heal time and the symptoms. Nice. For it, me it, personally. It, do, do you find that people seek you out because they're in some sort of pain? Besides emotional, like I'm talking physical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so sometimes people will have a specific injury. Sometimes I've had people seek me out for skin conditions like psoriasis or things like that. Um, and I will say that a lot of times when people just start out with Reiki, for the next 24 hours, the Reiki is still in their energy field. And sometimes they report having some aches and pains in that moment. And the reason why that happens is because your body is starting to say, oh, the, this person's listening to us now. So we're going to be a little bit louder. So we get the attention that we're trying to. Gotcha. Your body has its own intelligence, right? That it's trying to communicate with you what you need. And a lot of times our diseases or our illnesses are because we're ignoring something. We're ignoring some key cue that we need to be listening to. So it's never anything um, intense, but I always like to either attune my clients to Reiki so they can give themselves Reiki in between sessions or make sure I set up a plan to where they're seeing me more than once. Gotcha. Um, have you had any like really wild experiences with, with one of your clients? Any, any like crazy, I don't know, <laughs> crazy emotions or something groundbreaking, anything like that? Oh, yeah. That I mean, yeah, I mean, it feels like just every time I do a session for the most part, it's, it's amazing and, and really transformational. Um, I was recently able to, um, so one of the things that happens during Reiki sessions is sometimes people will start releasing tears because tears is a literal way for your body to release toxins. And they've studied the tears, uh, the component of tears when you're happy crying or when you're crying for sad reasons. And they notice that the chemical makeup of both of those is different. So your body literally releases tears to get rid of toxins in the body. So a lot of times people will start releasing tears and they won't really have a reason why. Um, so one of the things that is great for Reiki is it kind of teaches your body a new set point for where it will allow itself to be treated. So it's almost like practicing this vibration of love for yourself and compassion. And um, recently I was able to work with somebody as we were kind of allowing a, an emotion to rise, to feel it in the body, to feel the shaking, like they were literally shaking and they were um, having a strong physical response because they had ignored a lot of what was going on in their body for quite some time. And then um, not labeling it or putting a story around it, but just breathing through it and allowing it to kind of, um, be as long as it needed to be there and then release. And at the end of the session or towards the end, she started reporting feeling more safe in her body. And that for me is like picking up a mountain and moving it because it's so, um, we can be so disconnected from our bodies. So the health ramifications of that are just touch every point of your life. Um, but I've also had people who, you know, had a headache every day and after meeting with me twice, don't have headaches anymore. And not only do they not have headaches anymore, but when one starts coming on, they're able to reach that vibration again that we got to in our session and kind of calm that down themselves, whereas before they couldn't do it. 
So I definitely had physical healings and emotional healings happening. Cool. Yeah. Actually you saying that is, I have a patient I'm going to send your way because <laughs> yeah. I have this <laughs> one, one patient that keeps getting these chronic headaches and I, I've done everything I know in my power. Uh, and I think it's beyond what I can do. So yeah. I'll definitely send her your way. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of how do people find out more about you? What's your website? Where do you practice? Yeah. So you can find me on social media at cloud nine Reiki. And um, that's also my uh, website as well. And I'm sorry, it's Reiki cloud nine. <laughs> um, so I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Um, you can look me up on Facebook. I'm Heather Anderson as well. And I also have a, a website that's, um, if you Google, it's one of those square sites. So the, the website's a little bit confusing, but if you Google Reiki Cloud9, you'll be able to find it. And I practice out of Cloud9 Float Spa. So that's the um, desensitization tanks that we have in town and they're filled with magnesium and um, you can go there for an hour and kind of meditate and it's amazing for your health as well. And so um, Reiki really pairs well with the services that they do there. Um, so yeah, that's where I practice out of and that's where you can find me. Oh, so is the Cloud9 Spa, is that yours or is that like a collaboration? Oh, it's a collaboration. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tom and Lynn are the owners of that place and they, they're amazing. And I'm really appreciative that they allow me to work there because they really provide health services at a, an extremely reasonable cost for the community. It's something worth, worth looking into. Are those float tanks, are those the sensory deprivation chambers? Is that the same thing? Yes. Okay. They have two pods and they with the doors that kind of close, mm -hmm. um, but they have no latch or lock or anything. Um, but if people are, you know, a little claustrophobic, then um, they have kind of an open tank that doesn't have a lid. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Um, well, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got some kids hanging out there. So um, yeah. <laughs> this has been super enlightening. And I'll make sure to post all your links in the, the show notes. Uh, other than that, anything else that uh, you want to say that I, I missed on? No, thank you for having me. And thank you for being a voice in this area for, you know, opening up to different holistic ways of health. I think that's something that's really needed. And I just appreciate the work you do. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, so that's all I have for you this week. Uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week. Do you have unexplained pain or do you wonder just how healthy you are? When was the last time you had your blood tested? Blood chemistry analysis is a great way to stay ahead of any health conditions. And now you can have control of your health with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is an incredible company that sends blood tests to your home. You can choose from over 30 different tests, whether that's liver function, testosterone, micronutrient, cholesterol, or C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation. It's sent to you with free shipping and you get your results in two to five days, no physician referral needed. Use the code DPT30 for 30% off. Go to letsgetcheck.com and use the code DPT30. Did you know that you can get started with physical therapy without a physician's referral? Physical therapists don't just solve pain, we get down to the root cause and keep it from coming back. We also discuss all things health, such as nutrition and lifestyle changes. If you feel that you could use some help, let's get on a free consult call. Go to www.dynamicnaples.com and sign up for a free call. Also, if you like this podcast, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us spread the message. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.